0: I am uh, exciting and happy this morning to be able to speak to you this morning. Rodney is uh, out of town, he's in Texas this morning, sharing the word there and fellowshipping with brothers and sisters there in Texas, and I'm feeling for him this morning, uh, and I'm happy to do that. And I'm also exciting for this summer coming up. Uh, we have our youth intern who's coming in, his name is uh, Gabe Kegel, uh, and he's going to be working with our kids and that since this summer. And we're planning to do a lot of different things for our younger kids this summer. So hopefully, all of you can send your uh, young kids uh, here this summer for class and hangout and different things we'll have going on. Uh, and uh, we put a request in the Insider for uh, a hosting family for Gabe this summer and so far we've gotten one a possible place for him to stay but we're still looking for a better maybe a better option uh, for him and if you would like to do that please see me after service or sometime this week uh, and I, I promise you it will be a good thing to be able to host him and you'll get to know him and it will make a big difference in and his life Lesson today is, uh, who am I? Who am I? And how will you be remembered? James 5, 19 to 20. Uh, Thank you, Steve, for reading those verses uh, this morning. Uh, Have you ever been to a funeral? I know I have, especially in Haiti. And then someone will get up, and uh, they started to talk about the person who, who passed, and they give a description about that person and how good that person was and how their life was, how they do this and they did that. And, and if it happened that I knew that person a little bit more and in my mind, I'm like, I don't think that's really them. I don't think they were that kind of person. Uh, but you know, sometimes they try to paint a, a, an image after the person passed, maybe to make them look like, okay, they were a good person. But not everyone is like that, like they, they kind of present them to be. And uh, I know I'm terrible at describing people. Sometimes my wife, if I meet someone new and then I tell her about it, she may ask me some question. Okay, uh, can you describe them? Were they tall? What hair they have? And I'll, I don't know. I just talk to them. I wasn't looking about all this specific uh, about them. Uh, but sometimes we're not too good at describing a, a person and, and, and maybe to know them. But once you leave... With a person you know them good, it's a little easier because you know how they behave and you know what kind of things they do. So it's a little easier. And if something not go right, if someone else is trying to describe them, then it's easier for you to say, okay, I don't think that was them. They don't behave that way okay? because you kinda know them. So this morning. We're going to do something that's a a little similar. Uh, I think most of us like puzzles or riddles. You like to put things together and and see it coming into fruition. So this morning's lesson is a riddle that I want you to think about. Uh, I will be sharing some clues to kind of identify the identity of that person that I'm talking about. And at the end of the lesson, I want to see if you can figure out the person's identity. So let's begin this morning. Let's offer some clues for you to kind of think about. So this person we're talking about, this person uh, was grieved by sin. This person was grieved by sin. Matthew 5 verse 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And now it's not saying to just be a person who mourns, who cry all the time and things like that, but blessed are those who Mourn for their sin. Who's not happy about their sinful situation, or who's not happy seeing people eh, who are living in sin? But eh, who, who mourn? Who's sad about it? Who want the change? Who want it to be better? And those people will be comforted for it. And, and Jeremiah 9 verse 1, Jeremiah 9 verse 1, it says, "My eyes are eh, a fountain of tears." that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Jeremiah here, he says, his eyes are like a fountain of tears of water coming down from his eyes because he's sad about the slaughtering of the daughters of his people, the people who's dying, who are having a hard time, and that did not rest good with him. So he's mourning, he's sad about it. Do we? Feel like that? Do we mourn? Do are we sad about our sin and about the sin of the world when we see people living in sin? Psalm 51, Psalm 51, the whole chapter basically. Uh, but we look at in verse 10, where the psalmist there he's grieving for his sin, and in verse 10 he said, "Create in me a clean heart, O oh God." He want to have a clean heart. That's free from sin. That's not living in sin, but a life that is close to God. Do we want a life like that? Do we want a life like that for our brothers and sisters, for those who are living in this world? Can you be broken over sin? Can you be broken over the sins of others because of the way they are living and what they are doing. Well, this person we're describing today, he was grieved by sin. The second clue, this person value preaching. This person value preaching. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the word of the cross is fully to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, eh, it is the power of God. So there, Paul is saying the word of God, for those who are perishing, who is not following God, who maybe don't care about it, it, it's a folly for them. They can't understand it. It doesn't make sense to them. But for those of us who are being saved, is the power of God in us that causes us to behave, to act, to conduct ourselves in a way that uh, is pleasing uh, to God. Uh, so we value God's message. Uh, we value his word and the preaching uh, of the word. So this person there, he valued preaching. 2 Timothy 4, 1-4, to 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not undo sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So there, the author there is saying, I charge you in Christ Jesus to preach the word, to value the word, but preach it, share it to other people, end season and out of season. Whether you feel like it or not, teach the word. Whether the way you live, the way you act, what you do, preach the word. Let, let other people know about God so that they will want to come into Christ. They will want to give their life to him and do it with patience and teaching with patience. Whether they are not paying attention to it, at some point it will resonate with them. But don't give up from teaching and sharing the word to God. Because it says at the end there, uh, at some point people will uh, accumulate themselves with teachers that suit their own passion. They will twist the word to uh, somewhere that cause them to be comfortable so they don't have to change certain things. But those of us who knows the word, who knows what God really wants us to do, well, teach it to them. Let them know about it because it is important. So that's the second clue for that person. This person was not dismissive about the preaching of the word of God, but they realized how important it was and they want to preach it, to teach it to other people. Do we value preaching like that? Do we see its importance? And if we do realize the importance of it, then we will share it to those who are perishing. The third clause here, this person saw the need to go to the lost this person saw they need to go to the lost mark 15 mark 16 verse 15 it says go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation go into all the world maybe you don't you are not able to go to another country to another continent and to preach the word but what it's really saying there is as you go teach the word whether in your work at school and your business and the marketplace, wherever you end up, wherever you you are, share the word of God with other people. Uh, make sure that those who need it get it because they are lost. And without it, they can't be saved. Romans 10, 13 to 15. Romans 10, 13 to 15. For Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him and whom they have not believed? And how are they uh, to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. There are people who need to hear the word, and they're not going to be able to hear it if no one goes to them to share it to them. And that's where we go then, to share the word wherever we go. Share it with people we come in contact with because they need to hear it. Do we see the need or do we have the attitude that if they want it, they'll come and get it? They can come and get it. They can come to church. They can come to Bible class. Because if we have that attitude, many won't get it. Many won't see the importance for them to come to church to get it. We have to care enough to take it to them, to share it with them wherever we find them, wherever we come in contact with them the other clues we have the fourth one is this person was concerned by the dangerous situation of others this person was concerned by the dangerous situations of others Romans 9 1 2, 3 I'm speaking the truth in Christ I am not lying my conscience bear me witness and the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. There, Apostle Paul is saying there, that he has sorrow in his heart and anguish in his heart, not for himself but for his brothers. He said he will wish that himself were accursed and cut off from Christ just so that another person, another brothers in Christ can hear the word of God, can know what God want them uh, to do and how God want them to live. Do we have that kind of desire for other people? to hear the word, to where we'll consider ourselves maybe a, a curse so that they can get to hear it. Do we have that kind of deep desire for others to hear the gospel? Romans 10, verse 1. Romans 10, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Again, Apostle Paul there, he said the only desire he has is that the brothers and sisters, that they may be saved. Is that for everyone to be saved? Is that our desire? Do we want everyone to be saved? We know that not everyone's going to come to Christ. Some are going to reject it, but are we willing to share it? Do we have that desire to pursue them, to go after them, to share the word to them so that they can be saved just like we are saved. Let Philippians 2 4, Philippians 2 verse 4, let each of you look not unto his own interest but also to the interest of others. And when we do that, when we go to them to make sure they are be saved also, that show that we are not looking for our own interests, but we're looking for their interest also, because we want them to have the same thing that we have. Are we touched by lost soul? We are full of lost soul all over the world, and if we touched by that, we will do the best we can to share the gospel to them. The other clause we have is this person wanted to help save many souls. This person wanted to help save many souls. James 5 verse 20, we read that this morning. It says, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sin. So if you bring a soul back to Christ, bring a soul to be saved, you're not only helping that person, but there is saying that you will get your own sin covered. You will get your own sin forgiven. If your soul was required of you today, Will you go empty-handed, or can you say that you have helped save many souls? Can you say that I've helped somebody, I've helped so many people hear the word, and they give their life to God? God? Or will you go empty-handed with just yourself, just your life, by not having shared the gospel to anyone that you come in contact with. Well, have you taken note of the clues? Have you come to a conclusion to the identity of the person that we've been talking about here? The man we've been talking about here is the rich man who refused to help Lazarus. But wait, he was lost. You can be like, that not make sense. He was lost. You remember he goes into torment and he was separated away from where Father Abraham was. So how come he was all of those things? That doesn't make any sense. And you will be right by saying that because he was lost. He didn't care about Lazarus with all determined. He only cared about himself, what he have, and how to take care. He will not even share the things he didn't want. What he will give to his dogs, he will not even give that to poor Lazarus. So, how come he was all of those things? Well, yes, he was lost. And all of the, these good traits that we just mentioned here, he acquired them too late. He acquired them too late. When he was interment, that's when he started valuing preaching. That's when he's asking for Father Abraham to send Lazarus back, send him back to my brothers because I don't want them to come to where I am. Tell someone to go preach to them because they're going to be lost too if they don't hear about the word. That's when he value preaching. That's when he care about the lost soul. That's when he wanted to share the gospel. What about us? Are we going to wait until it is too late to acquire those things? Are we going to work on them while we're still alive to share the gospel with others? to care, to value all of those points? When we pass on from this world, can someone stand up and say, Brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so was kind. They care about love, soul. They share the gospel to others. They are always about helping uh, the other person. And I will be in the crowd and, and the assembly and say, yes, that was them. Can that be said about you? Can that be who you are about sharing the word to other people? Or will it be that I don't care as long as I'm safe? It doesn't matter what happened to them. If they want it, they can come get it. I will hope that all of us cares about all of those points we mentioned, and we won't wait until it is too late to think about those things. Because we have many people in this world who need the word of God that we do have. What are we doing about it?